0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Childless Not By Choice. Before we get started, I would like to thank my sponsors and my supporters. First, I would like to thank Morgan Air Conditioning Sales, Service, and Installation serving Tampa, Florida and the surrounding areas. Morgan Air can be reached by calling 813-500-7765. That's 813-500-7765. 500-7765. Thank you, Morgan Ear, for recognizing the vision of Childless Not By Choice and being a part of it. And thank you for all your work in the community. Next, I would like to thank Alba Digital Media for creating my website, www.childlessnotbychoice.net, and for producing this podcast. To contact Alba Digital Media for your web building and podcast production needs, visit www.albadigitalmedia.com. That's www.albadigitalmedia.com. Thank you, Alba Digital Media, for making me look good and sound good. Finally, I would like to thank Devoted, the musical duo who created my theme music. Thank you, Devoted, for your beautiful music and your awesome talent. To contact Devoted for your music needs, email devotedministries at gmail.com. That's devotedministries at gmail.com. And if you would like to become a one-time or ongoing sponsor of Childless Not By Choice, please contact me at sevilla at Savillamorgan.com. That's Savella at SavellaMorgan.com. Thank you so much for listening, and now, on to the show. Well, hello everyone, Savella Morgan here. Welcome back to another episode of Childless Not By Choice, where my mission is to recognize and speak to the broken hearts of childless not-by-choice women and men around the world. I am spreading the great news that we can live a joyful, relevant, and fulfilled life regardless of the fact that we could not have children. And yes, you heard it. You heard it correctly here. I said Childless Not By Choice, not 21st Century Hannah. I, um, as many of you know by now, changed the name of my podcast to Childless Not By Choice so that it's more findable and searchable in iTunes and wherever else you search for your podcast. For the very longest time since the beginning of the podcast, I called it 21st Century Hannah. And I had a tough time moving away from that. And although my platform is still called 21st Century Hannah, I um, finally acquiesced to my podcast producers' pleadings of the past year to change the podcast name to Childless Not By Choice. And having done that, I have realized uh, almost a a quick growth in uh, the the platform um, as far as people joining the newsletter or joining the group. The group is still relatively small, but there are a lot more people joining the group from around the world right now on Facebook. So I really appreciate that. And um, I appreciate your patience as the platform continues to evolve. Well, today we have a guest and I am so honored and so happy to be able to speak with this wonderful lady today that I just met just at a just Never knew, never knew her before, never met her before. I went to a um, National Religious Broadcasters Convention um, in Orlando, Florida, and we just happened to run, e- run into each other. I would not have met her if I had not gone to uh, a table to try to win a prize <laughs> and ran into her at the same table. It was amazing. It's always amazing how those things happen. And we got to talking and we found out that we, have a, we had a lot in common. So um, I am so happy to be able to introduce you today to Mrs. Maureen Hornstein. She is originally from a small town in Minnesota, here in the United States. And uh, when she went to university, she studied speech, theater, music, and education. And when she graduated, she joined the staff of a faith-based organization called Campus Crusade for Christ International, now known as CRU. Um, Mrs. Maureen and her husband Hank have spent most of their careers living in three countries outside of the United States. And currently, um, she is the Women's Asia Strategy Coordinator for the Jesus Film Project. And I actually had um, my first opportunity ever to go to Campus Crusade um, for Christ. And I went through and saw what the Jesus Film Project was all about. And what an awesome facility and uh, awesome project! So on that project, she works with various media tools that help women realize that no matter what their family or country may think of them, God, their creator, made them valuable. And if a lot of you who know me, who follow me on social media, you know that I'm a big proponent of of women and what's happening to women and girls around the world right now, the horrible things that are happening. So this is just like really up my alley to be able to talk to Mrs. Hornstein today. So, Mrs. Maureen, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
1: Thank you so much, Villa. I'm well, thanks. Really okay, happy so, to be here.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, so let's get started. Let's get right into the um, the episode and into the questions. And I just want everybody to hear what a wonderful personality you are. And um, one of the first questions I had was, um, Was it a conscious decision to work and live outside the United States, you and your husband?
1: That's a good question. Actually, we spent a summer on a special project in the summer uh, in Thailand. And as a result of that, we thought, why are we living in the U.S. and doing what we're doing there? And uh, we began then to be interested in going to the world and living outside of the u.s
0: okay so it's just a matter of logistics and um a lot of people would think wow that's some big logistics to make make a move from your home country to another country but it seems like the the world the planet is getting smaller and smaller so it's not such a big deal anymore
1: that's really true um,
0: yeah So um, in your bio, you say that you help women realize that no matter what their families and cultures may tell them, their creator values them. How exactly do you convey this truth to these women? I mean, is it through your Jesus Film project or just in your daily life's journey?
1: Well, actually, I think it's both. Um, I'm so convinced that God um, cares about women that I want them to understand that both here in the United States as well as uh, around the world. And so I, want, I mostly do that through some films that I work with. However, I also talk about it. <laughs> so I work with a film in particular called uh, Magdalena. It's either through her eyes or at least from shame. It has a number of different names around mm. the world. But um, Magdalena was a follower of Jesus. She became a follower of Jesus when she was, when Jesus healed her from seven demons that were controlling her life. And she was so changed and so grateful that she began to follow, uh, follow Jesus. And through her story, Uh, It's one of the ways that conveys, because it shows how Jesus interacts with various different women. He was a real culture changer. Mm -hmm. During his day, uh, religious leaders or people in that culture were not, women just didn't have any standing. And yet he spoke with them. He interacted with them. So I if if a person, if a woman understands if her family is against her or the country she lives in thinks that a woman has no value, when she realizes that God, the one who created the universe, mm-hmm. the God of all, thinks that she's valuable, and if she begins to believe that, then it doesn't really matter what the people around her say.
0: That is so true. That's so true. It just really that having that that knowledge in your heart um, can really help you through some difficult moments in your life, uh, especially in, in in particular countries. So that's that's so very true. And um, so as as we move on here, and um, you know, I'm reading that book. Oh my gosh! I was just trying to remember the title because. Your friend gave it, she she milled a copy of it to me, Sharon Janes' uh, What God Really Thinks About Women. Um, I think that's uh. the right title. And um, so I'm reading that now. I wish I could get through it faster, but there's just so much <laughs> going on. But I'm really enjoying reading it. And I know she sent it to me because I had written a blog not even knowing that this book existed on um what God really thinks about women. And so we got to talking about that, and I got this lovely gift in the mail. So... Just uh, I just love when people think, you know, practically like that and just remember a conversation by sending you something that's so encouraging. So anyway, I wondered, um, you know, when did you and your husband realize you would not be having children? Because that's I know that the conversation started out a little bit about your life, but I know the listener knows that this platform is... is um, was created for the uh, childless, not by choice, and about the childless, not by choice demographic. So let's head into those questions because um, you mentioned that that's how we got to talking. We realized we both didn't have children, we wanted children. So when did you and your husband realize you would not be having children?
1: Well, actually, I started having some real physical problems and a lot of, of real extreme pain during my menses. So I went to mm-hmm. my doctor. And uh, basically, he told me I needed to have a hysterectomy. Mm. And uh, by that time, Hank and I had been married for mm, maybe 10 years, 11 years, I guess. Mm. And um, so it's not as though we stopped ourselves from having any children. We weren't on birth control. I just wasn't getting pregnant. Mm. And... uh, I went to another doctor to make sure that this was a good diagnosis. And he said, well, there are other options and he named them. And I said, well, what's the bottom line? And he said, well, the bottom line is you need a hysterectomy. So I went back to my doctor and we uh, planned the date. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Hank and I, you know, talked about it and, uh, I mean, it's not as though we had stopped getting pregnant uh, for any reason. And his message to me, which I just treasure, two two important things happened before my hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. One was that Hank said to me, he "said Maureen, they're taking out a diseased part of your body. It has nothing to do with who you are." Mm. And I just so treasured that. I knew it was true, but it was very good to hear him say that. Definitely. And um, then when I was young, I had established a personal relationship with God. And so throughout my life, that relationship with God has been growing. And during this time, in fact, it was the first time I ever heard God speak to me, not out loud but mm-hmm. kind of in my ear. I don't yeah. in my heart. I don't know. In your heart. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he said to me, so Maureen, your life is going to be different, but it's not going to be bad. Mm. And um so I carried those two things in with me as I went to have that procedure, which meant I would not have any children. Right. We decided actually after that, we did talk about whether we uh, should adopt but Uh, hank in particular felt that god had given us plenty of time to get pregnant if that was the path he wanted us to take but um that maybe it was not the right thing for us to have children
0: i just think that's a beautiful thing because I, i i and correct me if i'm wrong as a single woman i have a different kind of pressure um on me to be childless but um another um a family member told me just recently and this family member is in your age group really and she told me
1: that um that means she I'm doesn't older have people <laughs> pardon that means I'm older people <laughs> <laughs> well there's nothing
0: wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that no. this is that's one of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you because I've always wanted to be able to interview someone that was older that who you know who was childless not by choice. So there's nothing, the age is just a number, but it also is, it means experience. And I just wanted to hear your life experience. And, you know, I, just let me tell you, the fact that you can have a husband who would say that to you, that's what this family member said to me. The person said that um, if they were married, they would probably have felt a little bit more pressure because um, mm-hmm. they did not get to have the children. But being single, you don't have the pressure of wondering how your husband feels about you or if your husband wasn't strong enough to say what your husband said to you, how you know, how would the marriage last? Would it survive? And obviously yours survived because your husband is such an intelligent man. And um so and, and just,
1: this and this week we celebrated forty six years of marriage, so
0: how many years?
1: Forty six.
0: Forty six. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Thanks. Happy anniversary to you all. Thank you. And see, it's lasted because, you know, you were both on the same page. You both have the same relationship with God and with Jesus. And so I just really applaud your husband for saying that. And this is the kind of message I'm trying to get out to um, listeners around the world, especially to men and especially as we approach Father's Day. I'm working on some Father's Day content right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's tough to be um, a man around Father's Day, I believe, just as Uh, with with no children, just as it would be for women. We just recently celebrated Mother's Day. And for me, that's still a tough day. And I remember when you and I were talking first, um, you told me something that kind of just was like a light bulb moment. It was like, duh, why did I never think about this? But one of the things you told me was that you you just don't go to church on Mother's Day.
1: Yeah, that's really true because... Uh well, it depends on the church, but mm-hmm. if they're only honoring mothers or grandmothers or you know who has the most children i I just didn't need to relive that yeah, live with that because yeah. i'm I'm really okay with the fact now that I don't have children
0: mhm- but why why sit through something you don't really particularly need to or want to, and right you know. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I never, I just never considered that, that um, I don't think that God is going to punish me if I just don't go to church on Mother's Day. And um, so I went to, to my mom's church this past Mother's Day because she had told me that her church, at her church, they don't say, will the mothers please stand? They just say, will the women please stand? So, but that's not quite what happened this time around. They asked I'm the not. mothers to stand. <laughs> So I remember turning back and look at her looking at her because I didn't get to sit with her because we had a lot of family that came to church for Mother's Day which was just beautiful so yeah. some of my um, other family members sat with her and my dad and I sat with some um, second cousins and it was beautiful to, for these young men to sit with me it made my day actually and um, so I look I look back at my mom with this this glare you know mocking glare I'm like oh I thought you said they don't celebrate only mothers here. <laughs>
1: She's like, well, I didn't know. (laughs) That's not what they did last time. (laughs) Don't you know that sort of stuff always seems to happen?
0: Exactly. It's like you know, it just it would just be you know, this would just happen to me. So, but I am gonna take you up on this uh, next Mother's Day, God willing. I'm I'm gonna do something else. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, to be honest. And
1: I just I I thank you for you know. God doesn't keep a checklist of, well, one thing he doesn't need to because he's (laughs) all-knowing. Exactly. But he he doesn't uh, work with us on the basis of how much good we have in our lives or have done, uh, nor does he, he does deal with us according to our mistakes. That's, I believe, why Jesus came was to make a Payment for the things that we had done wrong so that we could have a relationship with God. And when you yeah. have a relationship, your dad um, would love you whether you made him angry or not because you're his child. Mm-hmm. And once you become God's child, then you're his child. He doesn't reject you or turn his back on you. He might discipline you, mm-hmm. but he doesn't treat you Uh, like an outcast
0: exactly true very true and uh so yeah you gave me a really great light bulb moment and you gave me a little bit of freedom i don't know if you realize that or not but it was it was very freeing i'm not a big i'm working on it but i'm not a big outside of the box thinker and so it just never occurred to me (laughs) so thank you for that
1: (laughs) well you're quite welcome i'm glad that i'm glad that happened
0: (laughs) Uh, so, wondering, um, do you and your husband come from large families, and how, how is the family interaction, uh, um, or how was it in the beginning, at least?
1: When when I had to have the hysterectomy? Yes, yes. Well, first of all, um, Hank is one of four children, and I am one of three. Mm-hmm. So, we didn't have huge families that we came from. Um Nor did my siblings have a a lot of children. Hank's family, on the other hand, they've had, there's more of them and they've had more children. But Mm -hmm. um, my parents and my mother and father-in-law, you know, they, they were very kind and understanding and knowing that this was a difficult time for Hank and I, and um, they didn't ever say anything degrading or mm. I'm sure they were sad. I'm no. I'm actually sad that Hank uh, didn't have children because he would have been a great father. Mm. Uh, but he accepts it. And does he get sad uh, on occasion? I'm sure he does, but he's got nephews and nieces and... He's very good with uh, friends' kids and stuff like that, whereas mm-hmm. I'm a little bit uh, not as good with kids as he is. <laughs> so well, our, I'm sure our, you parents, our parents and family, I think we're quite understanding. That's
0: that's good, though. That's wonderful, because sometimes it can go the other way, and it can just be, you know, a lot of pressure for something you you have no control over. And, um, and I wanted to go that's back. That's
1: true. Yeah, I yeah. agree.
0: Yeah. I wanted to go back to something that you said earlier, too. I'm glad I didn't forget to mention that. But many times in this podcast, I have said to the listener, get a second opinion. So Mm -hmm. when you were telling me about the first doctor you went to, I was sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, I hope she got a second opinion. And then you said, I went to another doctor, and I said, yes, she got a second opinion. So it's just so important to not you know, do the first thing you hear. It's so important to get a second opinion. So I was glad to hear that you did yeah, that.
1: I really agree with that. In fact, uh, I had a very good doctor, but I went to the man who was the top in his field, mm-hmm. in in that field. And uh, he said, you know, there are these other options, but the bottom line is you need a hysterectomy. And then I found out he had mentored my doctor. So <laughs> um. I felt very good about uh the decision to go ahead. And I had such excruciating pain that really, I didn't have much of an option.
0: Hmm. Okay, well, I'm just yeah, I'm glad that you, you know, you did what you had to do, and that you did get the second opinion. And uh, you you tried, you know, you tried your best to make sure you made the right, you had the right options before you before you're just making a decision. And that's another important thing mm-hmm. that I ask listeners around the world to to consider. I know that we are all living in different parts of the world, different cultures, um, different socio-economic backgrounds, but I always say just do the best you can with where you are, and um, so that's the message again here. Um, so you mentioned your husband, you know, told you this beautiful, gave you this little package of words that you've held on to all these years, and um, that you, you think maybe he does feel a little bit of sadness from time to time, but do you, you ever remember, if you look back, that That it was a journey to a place of acceptance, or was it pretty immediate or somewhere in between?
1: Oh, that's a hard question. I think the acceptance was immediate. But then after after the choice of having Uh the hysterectomy, after the procedure was done, there are still moments when you have to deal with the decision that you made. Right. I don't have any doubt that we made the right decision, that I needed to have the surgery. But um, there still comes emotional feelings
0: mm-hmm. as
1: a result of that. So, you know, it's like oh, forgiving somebody for something they've done to you. You may forgive them, but when the memory comes back, It's like you have to forgive them again. Not that you didn't forgive them before, but it helps you deal with the feelings. And so when I feel sad uh, watching kids or uh, I just have to go back and say, you know what? My life is different, but it's a good life.
0: Yes. Just like God said.
1: Just is what God said to me. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And I, 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 it's amazing that you just said something that um that resonates with me here now because I remember when I finally made the decision, I held on for ten years. Oh. I had uh, three myomectomies, um, which for for those who are not aware, myomectomy is fibroid removal. So I had three of those surgeries, including one of those was a a, a robot surgery, wow. where um so they wanted to be less invasive and they went in with a robot, but after four hours of making their way through scar tissue, they never got to the fibroids, so it was kind of a wasted surgery wow. and um so I have little scar well they're they're not ugly, but they're scars on my stomach where the robot went into my stomach hmm. Hmm. uh and four different places and into my belly button. I'm sorry for being graphic, but that's <laughs> that's what the surgery was and um so the the reason I'm bringing it up is um after all of those surgeries and then finally making the decision to have the hysterectomy, I had about a month before the hysterectomy date and I kept going back and forth in my mind and I had to keep making myself not call and change or, or cancel the surgery. And then after the surgery, and my doctor had already told me, Sevilla, I know that this is not what you wanted, but your, your um, quality of life is going to increase exponentially. And he was right. He was right, but I still questioned my decision sometimes, a year or two after the surgery. I wondered if I did the right thing, if I didn't trust God enough, if I didn't wait long enough, but i but then I told myself, "You waited ten years.":
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know sometimes sometimes you can't logic yourself out of it, sometimes you can. right and um. It was a decision made, and it was a wise decision made in the moment, and you can't undo it.
0: Yeah, we can't undo it. It's already done. And I don't have accidents every month anymore, and I don't have, you know, a bloated stomach every more, anymore and back pain, you know, um. things like that, so... It was the right decision, but I just brought it up because you said how you, you know, you kind of struggled with it even after you did it. And so, yes, the thought comes back once in a while to me, too. And it's amazing and not so much anymore. But um, especially in the first couple of years, I wondered if I ever it was a battle. It was an internal battle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, just as we, we finish up here, um, what suggestions would you have for women struggling with childlessness?
1: Well, I think that um, my first answer is, is there an emptiness that you're trying to fulfill by having a child? And, And you can't, so you're still feeling empty. But even if you had a child, Even if you had all the money you wanted, even if you had everything you thought you wanted, even, you know, you would still feel empty because the emptiness is a a thing that I think God put in us so that we would look to him. People fill themselves with, uh, sometimes with promiscuous relationships, sometimes with friends. They fill their lives with uh, drugs or alcohol, any number of shopping, any number mm-hmm. of things to try to fill the empty hole that they fill. And yet it's only a relationship, a personal relationship with God that meets that emptiness in your life. hmm. And frankly, uh, that's that's really my answer. That you can get busy in doing other things, but you still might feel that emptiness. And uh, there are other ways of having children, watching and taking care of nieces and nephews, of adoption. There are a number of ways of having children, even if you can't personally. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, is that there is a, a void in our lives that we keep trying to fill, and it can only be filled by God. There was um, a man that, a physicist and philosopher Pascal, who lived about the time of the French Revolution, and he said, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every person. That cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God the creator made known through Jesus Christ. Hmm. That is really the truth. My satisfaction, my passion in life, my fulfillment in life all comes as a result of the fact that I have a personal relationship with God. And he is the one that fills my life. And therefore, my relationship with my husband is better. I have good, deep friends. It's all a result of him being vitally involved in my life.
0: Huh. Don't mean beautiful. don't mean
1: to preach, except I think it's the truth.
0: Well, of course, and you know that's that's why I asked the question because, uh, and that was so very beautifully said, and I, I believe it will touch the heart of someone as they really. Think about why I mean i've been I do a lot of research because on this platform, there's a lot to research when it comes to childlessness, not by choice and of course. you know there are a lot of women who who don't want children, and I've interviewed at least one of them in my podcast and then there are women who are okay with it, and as you were just talking, I just got to thinking I said, we can get to a point where we're okay with it, which is where I want this platform to take women, I want you to be okay with it. Not not that you're going to get to the point where you said, well, I don't want children, I don't want them anymore, or it's okay that I didn't have them. That's not what I think I'm hearing from you. I don't think that's where my heart is. I've always wanted children, but I want to get to the point and I want to get the platform, the people in the platform, to the point where we can live a relevant, joyful, and fulfilled life. Although we didn't get to have the children. But your question of asking yourself why you wanted that why you really wanted to have the children is a great question. It's yeah. a great question because a lot of times the answer may be because society wants me to have the children. And that's not a good enough reason to want children. And so I just really appreciate you saying that. That wasn't preachy at all. I think it makes us it's gonna make us think some more. Before we close out here, though, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? And if anybody wanted to get in contact with you, um, is there a website or any any way that people can get in contact with you?
1: Um, there is. That's okay, but there's a way you could get a hold of me. Would be through. There's a um, right now. There's a website going on called. well, let me give you the one that this is going to. Magda, www.magdalena.today.com is a current website where you can find out more about the film I was talking about. There's another series uh, called Rivka as well. There's an app called Jesus Film Media. Look on your app store. You could do that. At uh, com you could write and say, I heard your podcast, I would like to be in touch, and I will get that message from that website.
0: Okay, so what I'll do is I'll drop this information into the, um, into the, the show notes, so um, the listener can just go over to the show notes, or uh, depending on where you're listening from, you might have to scroll across. If you're listening from Overcast, uh, if you're listening from um, iTunes, or some of the other apps that you listen to your podcast on, you the show notes will be below the player. It'll be below the player on my website. And uh, as many of you know, the, um, all of my episodes are on the website, childlessnotbychoice.net. But all of that information will be in the show notes. So I'll be sure to add it there. And, um, and I, um, may-
1: excuse me, on Facebook, sure. there is a Magdalena Today uh, okay, okay. page. And so that might be another way of getting in touch.
0: Okay. Magdalena today on Facebook. Okay. All
1: right. So I'm adding that in now and um,
0: I really appreciate you again, taking the time to speak with us today. Did you have any final words, anything that you wanted to make sure that we... Got on
1: tape? <laughs> you know, it's, this, no, thanks. This is just great. I, I so deeply appreciate you asking me to be here. And I'm happy to share my story because I really have lived a very good life.
0: That's wonderful. And that's going to be a deep word of encouragement to the the, the, the young women out there who are struggling to figure out what their life will be like and how to deal with all of this. So I really appreciate your time today, Mrs. Maureen. And um, I look forward to speaking with you more in the future. And um, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you. Until next time, have a good one. Bye. Bye.